Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, a very exciting start. Connor Bedard picks up his 12th goal of the season in the Connor Bowl up in Edmonton. After that, though, it was all Oilers. Four unanswered goals scored by the home team that end up winning their eighth straight game and get above 500 for the first time this season. Meanwhile, the Hawks drop their second straight. They fall to 9-18-1 on the year. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to Wednesday morning, 12.30 a.m. here on 720 WGN. But right now, let's take you on up to Canada, head to the Rogers place, and bring in Troy Murray. He was on the call with John Weideman tonight. Troy, we knew that this was going to be kind of an uphill battle for the Hawks, taking on a hot Edmonton team. The Hawks missing a couple of very important players, Seth Jones, Kevin Korczynski. There was some shakeup with the offense today as well. But uh, overall, the Hawks did a good job of limiting what Edmonton was able to do. But at the end of the night, it's just the Oilers are kind of just too strong of a team right now. I think kind of one of the heartbreakers was the Zaitsev you know, mishap. You're 2-1, you're, to one, you're playing a, a heck of a game, but nothing's going on as far as the Oilers trying to pull away, and all of a sudden it just seemed like that was a little bit deflating, and now the Oilers had a two-goal cushion so they could kind of play it accordingly, and they really didn't give the Blackhawks a whole lot after that, uh, added the one goal in the third period, but, uh, you know, I think that that was kind of the difference maker where you're playing a good game, you're close, you would win one shot of tying the game up there, and all of a sudden, you know, a type of play that it happens every now and then. There's nobody to, to fault, really. It's just a reaction by Zaitsev and nothing that Mrazek could do. So one of those things that happens that was difficult to kind of turn things around from there. I know this is a tough situation, but what do you do with Lucas Reichel moving forward? Well, I, you know what? I, I, it's a good question. Um, you know, he, he he just needs to keep working. You're going to put him in there, and I don't. You know, I mean, that's you, you don't have a ton of forwards here, and you need some guys that have skill in the lineup. And he's just got to find a way to get his confidence back. And it just it's working hard. It's coming to the rink every day to prepare and work hard in practices. Get out there early, stay out late, whatever you need to do to get your mindset and get your confidence back to where it is, and and make just simple plays. A lot of times when you start making simple plays, you, you get a little bit of confidence back when you're trying to do too much that's when you run into trouble and I think right now he's kind of torn in in between of where he needs to be and the Blackhawks need to get his mind in in the right area and then if he is he's a great player he's an effective player but you know they need to find him uh, a way to get his confidence at the level that it was I I think last year and then into the summer months I'm surprised that uh, you know his he's just had so so many issues this year where he hasn't been able to find the confidence I I thought coming into training camp at preseason that he was going to head in the right direction they tried him at center that didn't work and now they've tried to play him in different positions here he's not really a fourth line player but to get some minutes in the game that's where he is right now yeah no I agree I I was high on him too heading into the year and it's just it's frustrating because it feels like 
this team, this offense might look a lot different if he's able to really click because you just you're kind of relying on too many things. With whether it's either the third line or just Connor Bedard, I feel like he could be a huge rush of adrenaline for this offense if he's able to click. Yeah, I, I, they they counted on him. Their expectations of him coming into the seasons, uh, the season was obviously much higher than what what has shown so far in in his play. And I think it's a little disappointing for them that they haven't been able to get that offensive production from Reichel that they were thinking at the beginning of the season. You, you know, you, you kind of looked at it and said, okay, we've got some real young guys down the middle to start the season. Bedard and Lucas Reichel at at 21 and 18 years of age you know okay here's our future we've got our two guys and it just hasn't worked out that way and they've tried to figure out where to fit him they've tried to play him in different situations they sat him out he's back in playing with uh, you know players that don't have the same role as he does but again he, you know he's just got to work through this it's 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 not easy this is a tough league toughest league in the world and the players are great they're not going to give you anything so you're going to have to earn it all and the only way you earn it is through hard work Toughest league in the world, and no nights off. Uh, a rough loss to Edmonton, but uh, got to turn the page, move forward, and look towards Seattle. They, they they finally end their losing skid, though, and you got to feel like the Kraken are, are itching to get back at the Hawks after the last matchup. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the Blackhawks, just you put this one in the books. There's some good positives. I mean, you, you played a real strong period. You took the lead. You made some nice plays. The first period, you had some really good looks. Skinner was good after he left that initial goal in by Connor Bedard, and not many goalies in the NHL would make that save. Um, but you just, you know, you, you move on. You take the positives out here. You point some of the things and, and some of the mistakes you did a little bit stronger on the Gagne goal that, um, you know, really gave them some separation and uh, uh, in the second period, and that's just a play that Vlasic's got to be a little bit harder on. Great play by Edmonton. Give them, you know, tip your hat to them. They made some plays, and they were able to get it done. And it was a good matchup. It was a fun matchup to watch the two Connors play in, in the first time that uh, they've met here in the NHL. Yeah, first Connor Bowl of both their careers. So can't wait for the next one, the next two this year. It'll be fun. Yeah, one at the United Center and one back here at the end of January. Absolutely. All right, Troy, we'll let you go. Anyone win the 50-50? Uh, somebody did win it. Oh, no. Right? They had they had a winner. Going to have to be careful watching them leave, oh, so the, leave the premises. Oh, okay. So I can still do it. You can still win? We can. We can, Yeah. Yeah, we're not out of it yet. Okay. They don't draw it until after 11 o'clock tonight, so. So you're, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> I love it. We got to finish with a movie quote. How could we not? So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying, what was all that one in a million talk? <laughs> all right, Troy. Great stuff. Safe travels. We'll talk to you in a couple of nights. I look forward to it. Me too, pal. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call. Up at Rogers places the Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 to here tonight. We're taking this post-game show up to 12.30. I understand most of you are already asleep. That's understandable. But, uh, hey, if you're a night owl, if you're a truck driver, if you're a beer hockey league player or maybe a beer hockey league ref, my buddy Tony from college tweeted at me, don't forget about us. Uh, feel free to join us. Call or text 312-981-7200. A weird game. Hawks are missing a lot of players. They're missing Seth Jones. They're missing Kevin Korchinski. They're relying on a, a lot of young D-men. Uh, Philip Roos comes up and has to make his season debut with the Hawks against a really good Edmonton team. And 
Not to mention an Edmonton, Edmonton team that's absolutely rolling right now, hottest in the NHL with a seven-game winning streak. Uh, Stuart Skinner now with a seven-game winning streak of his own. I thought maybe that the Hawks were really going to pepper him after Bedard scored that first goal. He's got had a goal goals against average on this winning streak of what was it, one eighty-eight, one eighty-two, and a save percentage of nine thirty-one. Uh, he's picked up a shutout on this seven-game winning streak. He only gives up a goal tonight, and the Hawks suffer their second straight loss. But again, it's it's hard to compare. A lot of things in this game for the Hawks, again, because they're missing so many players. I thought another great game for Alex Vlasic. We can't keep saying enough good things about him. Jason Dickinson, too. In fact, I'll I'll do this right now. I'll give Jason Dickinson our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. He just continues to be a, a consistent structure on that third line that the Hawks are relying on a lot right now, and also just a, a guy that's going to come out and give you, you know what you're getting from him each and every night. And I thought he did a great job on the PK, killing off a lot of time in the Hawks' um, penalty kill, just taking on three Edmonton Oilers, bringing the puck into Edmonton's zone, taking his time, and just burning off some time on the clock. He just seems to be totally locked in right now. And unfortunately, that's not the case for Lucas Reichel. I know that's kind of the main point of concern on Twitter right now. Not a great game for Reichel. Uh, He finished with a minus one, a total of 10 minutes and 14 seconds. No shots on goal. He had one shot blocked. Uh, He had one hit, one giveaway, and lost the only faceoff that he took. And yes, Troy's right. He's in a situation, in a spot where... He's not used to being on the fourth line. He's not used to being that type of role player. He kind of played his way into that spot, and he played his way into a healthy scratch last week. But unfortunately, it's just it's really taking a lot um, for him to click. And I, again, I think the more frustrating thing about it is he entered into this year. Um, looking like he was really going to roll into a solid start to the season, especially after a good ending to last year and his first consistent year here in the NHL. But uh, we'll uh, we'll break down his game a little bit more. Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers four to one tonight. This is the Blackhawks post game show seven twenty WGN. Vlasic just inside the Hawk blue line. So Hawks make a line change. Vlasic headman pass. Connor Bedard over the line. Shoots. He scores Whoa. from the left wing circle. Connor Bedard angling down toward the Euler net, put the puck under the stick of the defenseman and snapped it into the top right corner past Skinner. It's 1-0 in favor of the Hawks, and Connor Bedard's road point streak is now at 10 games. Like I said earlier, a fun start up in Edmonton. John and Troy were having fun, and you know, this is now the second straight game. Despite the loss, we get a highlight from Connor Bedard that is really, really, really impressive. Uh, definitely got to credit Alex Vlasic on the feed to Bedard as well. Just great vision, great awareness of where Bedard was, and uh, that was something that Troy and I talked about in one of the intermissions about Bedard getting to that spot. He's on the far end of the neutral zone. He sees the opening on the near side and just kind of cuts over there 
and uh, gets the feed perfectly from Alex Vlasic and uh, just dives into the Edmonton zone and is able to put that sensational move on Stuart Skinner. Last game, it was the backhanded feed to Connor Murphy. Really, really a thing of beauty. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 1230 tonight here on 720 WG. And if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Our buddy Devin from Payless Hills uh, chiming in, asking about Anthony Beauvillier. Go ahead, Devin. Hey, Joe, we're six games into the uh, Anthony Beauvillier tenure, and I'm just wondering what your overall assessment is on uh, his game so far this season. All right, thank you. That's Devin from Payless Hills. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. So Beauvillier got moved off the first line tonight. I don't know if that's so much about his play as it is more about... Uh, the structure of the offense tonight. Uh, the Hawks were moving around some guys. They got Ryan Donato back. Um, if you missed it, Boris Kachuk uh, got sent down to Rockford. I know he's been out of the lineup the past couple of days, but again, I, I don't know how much of it is uh, Bovillier's play compared to Luke Richardson just trying to switch some things up. I think he's a hardworking player. I think he's a fast guy. I don't know if he's totally figured out his game with this Hawks team just yet, but uh, as Devin mentioned, Beauvillier playing in, what was it, game number six? No, game number four on the year. So still a small sample size, but I, I think he can still bring a lot and uh, would love to see him click a little bit more on that top line with Bedard and Kurashev, but uh, having some trouble doing that to a very successful mark right now. But let's face it, this Hawks offense is still trying to figure out a lot of things at the moment. Uh, we got sound from Connor Bedard. Also have a text that I want to get to in a moment, but uh, let's hear from number 98 first. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not great. We lost 4-1. It's tough when you're down, you know, two of your top defensemen, and, you know, a lot of guys thrust into roles they haven't been in before. Um, I don't know. I mean, we have a lot of trust and faith in everyone on the team, and, of course, losing key guys like that is hard, but, um, yeah, we trust guys to step in, and the guys that stepped in tonight play great. First period in particular, you, you know, you were going toe to toe with them. It was kind of a little bit of a track meet early on. Is that the kind of game you wanted to play? Against them? Uh, probably not. Um, you know, they have top two players in the world, and uh, maybe calm it down a little bit more and not give as many as many rush chances. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought first was was not bad, but yeah, we uh, it's obviously tough sometimes when you when you're doing that, but sometimes it's good. Even with that, I mean, you were holding. They didn't have a whole lot of a shot attempts. They didn't have a ton of scoring chances early on. It seemed like you know we kind of had some control of the game early on, at least. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the first was was not bad, but um, when you kind of keep it a track meet against them, and you know, it's uh, obviously hard. Like I said, with those those guys, but um, yeah, I mean, we we created a bit, and um, you know, I thought it wasn't wasn't terrible, but you know, definitely some some things clean up. Connor, what you what you see on your goal? Not nothing really. Just got a shot and went in. Heard a couple of guys say that that was the best one they've seen from you yet. Did, did you feel like that was? Does, does, it, does it feel special when you hit, when you get like that, or do you not need no to look at a replay? Uh, I haven't seen it, so um, I don't know. I just kind of shot it, and uh, you know, luckily it went in. So yeah, I haven't thought too much about it, but just fortunate it went in. Thanks, Connor. Connor Bedard breaking down a four-one loss to the Edmonton Oilers. I, I do think his assessment of the game is is pretty much spot on for how this game was if if the Hawks aren't missing so many players like they were tonight and they lose this game the way they do I think there's a little bit more frustration but you do kind of understand or at least you have to understand 
that this Edmonton team, Edmonton team is rolling high. They're very fast. They're very good. Everything's clicking for them right now. And the Hawks are definitely kind of outmatched and outnumbered. And it was good to see them pick up a quick lead. And it was good to see them keep pace with Edmonton and actually win in the shots on goal battle in that first period, even if they were down by a goal. And even the second period wasn't really that devastating. It was just a really unfortunate situation for Nikita Zaitsev. He's in the right spot, yet he just unfortunately redirects this puck right right past Peter Mrazek, and it gives the Oilers a two-goal lead, and that just kind of continues to add to their momentum. From the 608 area code, and again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. So, Joe, is it safe to say the rebuild was redundant, or are we still sugarcoating since 2017? Dexter in Bolingbrook. Dexter, this is, we're, what, a year and a half into this rebuild? With the new general manager, Kyle Davidson, who was officially named the permanent general manager in, what was it, March of 2022, I don't think that we can diagnose the success of a rebuild a year and a half, not even a year and a quarter into it. There's still a long way to go. And, I mean, Connor Bedard, who is the the main post of this rebuild, is 28 games into his NHL career. If you're frustrated with the team right now, if you're frustrated with the lack of offense, if you're frustrated by Lucas Reichel's struggles right now, okay. But to throw in the towel of the entire rebuild right now, I mean, do you know what a rebuild is? It's you got to rebuild. you got to go through these rough times. This is part of it. And again, it's against a really good team right now in Edmonton. If you, I understand that their, their record is one game above 500, but... This was a Stanley Cup threatening team heading into this year. They got off to a rough start, but they're clearly figuring things out. And the head coaching change clearly sparked something. By the way, if you didn't hear, St. Louis fired their head coach, Craig Berube. So that now makes three fired head coaches uh, all kind of recently amongst each other with... um, Jay Woodcroft being let go with Edmonton, Dean Evason being let go with Minnesota, and now Craig Berube uh, of the St. Louis Blues. It looks like Drew Bannister, their AHL head coach, is going to take over now. And I mentioned this on, it was either Blackhawks Live last night, yeah it was, about the track record of fired head coaches right now. How it's making a pretty good case for teams that are struggling and are maybe in a position to let their head coach go. It's just a brutal business in the NHL. But with the way that teams respond to it, it's it's just making a good case, at least this year. So it's uh, it's a tough time for some NHL head coaches right now. Uh, Jason Dickinson also chatted with the media. Again, thought he had a good game. Another solid game from Jason Dickinson. Uh, let's hear from him after this 4-1 loss to Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, kudos to our D that stepped up. I thought they did a great job of handling it, um, that whole team. They can come with a ton of speed, a ton of skill. Um, I felt like we limited them to... A reasonable number of chances, and um, they uh, they managed Connor's speed very well. I felt like they were able to push him outside. Lassie did a great job. I felt like using his stick, using his body. So there's a lot of positives, I think, for those young D-men that had to step up and take on the role that uh, Jonesy might normally uh, take on. Yes, it seemed like the first period went pretty well, and I guess how would you assess that, and then how the, the latter two periods went from a team perspective? You know what? I thought the first two periods were pretty good. Um, they're a good team, so there's going to be moments, obviously, where it feels like they're coming down uh, hard on us, and 
really pushing, but uh, aside from that that goal that bounced in off of Z's stick, I I can't really pinpoint something in the second period that felt like we were really on our heels. So I, I felt like we were we were in it and we were doing a lot of the right things. There was moments where we were turning pucks over too much and feeding their transition and giving them opportunities there. But we were also working at low, below their hash marks and creating a lot. So I think there was a lot of positives. And um, it, it sucks because it stings losing. And losing 4-1, it seems like we might have gotten dominated. But I, I really didn't feel like we were. It's tough in a loss, but when, when Bedard has a, has a goal like that, a shot like that, are you guys on the bench like looking at the replays, just kind of laughing at it? Yeah, I mean, that's a world-class shot right there. Um, I think that's a play that he he knows it's muscle memory. Um, he knows his spot, he knows where he is, and he knows where the net is, and he's just picking that spot, and um, he's making the goalie try to beat him. And uh, sure enough, he, he won that one that, uh, today. Wearing the A tonight, did that have meaning for you? I think it's a huge honor that um, they trust me to wear it. Um, I, I don't think it changes anything in my approach. Um, I try to be a leader without the letter. I think anybody, there's a number of guys in this room that could have worn it. Um, but, yeah, I, it's a, just a great honor. I'm, I'm appreciative that they uh, recognize the, the leadership that I bring. Joey Anderson's been really solid the past few weeks since coming up. How what have you seen from him? How do you assess his play? It's an incredible work ethic. Um, he's playing simple. Um, he's not trying to do too much, and he's uh, just working extremely hard. He's getting above pucks. He's always recovering uh, to the middle. He's making sure that he's not getting uh, beat on his one-on-one battles, um, and he's coming out of the corners with pucks uh, very often. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to translate to a very good hockey game if he's doing all that. When a, when a goal happens like the one that went in off his eye, do you, do you say anything to him? Is there anything you can say? I mean, it's just a, a fluke thing that happens sometimes. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a top. That's just an unlucky bounce. You know, he's in the right spot. He's making the right read. And um, if a stick is one inch the other way, it doesn't go in. So it's just a, a fluke timing situation that if it would have been slightly earlier or slightly later, probably not even talking about it. Yeah, Jason Dickinson wearing the A tonight, not a coincidence. We've been talking about his leadership attributes and how they've grown this year. Luke Richardson has talked about that as well. Cool to see him get rewarded in that instance, as again, the Hawks were missing a handful of players in tonight's game and their 4-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. A few other things that Dickinson said, mainly about Connor Bedard. This is the third game that we've seen Bedard score and then the Hawks not have any more offense afterwards. It's, boy, I don't have the numbers on me, but I think this is the 10th goal for Connor Bedard out of his 12 that have come in the first period. Um, he gets off to great starts. And I do think that maybe part of that is him not so much surprising teams, but maybe teams kind of forget just how lethal he can be, how explosive he can be in certain moments. Uh, he, he definitely, again, did a great job finding his own lane creating his own space on this goal tonight. But then maybe teams just wisen up a little bit more on him. I still think he was a threat the rest of the game, but um, maybe that is a factor. And uh, it's just pretty cool to hear Jason Dickinson call his goal on Stuart Skinner, Connor Bedard's goal on Stuart Skinner, that is a world-class shot, because that's definitely what it seemed like. Uh, Speaking of Connor Bedard, we're going to go to the phone lines. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join. Patrick is from Cicero, and he's got some hard-hitting analysis of this past game. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, I thought it was kind of strange that uh, you had four guys with the first name of Connor in the game. You had Connor Brown and Connor McDavid for the Oilers, and 
Connor Bedard and Connor Murphy for the Hawks. And I was just wondering, is that kind of a Canadian thing? Like these guys are from a certain area of Canada, or that's a common name there, or, or is it just a quirk? <laughs> Patrick, thank you for the call very much. I appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. I, I Listen, I want to poke fun at your question, but I did notice that today. Um, it wasn't too long ago that the Hawks were playing the Winnipeg Jets, though, and there was Connor Hellebuck and Kyle Connor. I know Connor's the last name, but uh, no, I don't think it's a Canadian thing. I, I think it's more of coming from the Irish heritage. I don't know exactly how Irish all those guys are, but Connor Murphy clearly is. Um and just for the heck of it, Patrick, because you asked, I Googled about a little bit more of the origin of the name Connor, so we're really going deep on this post-game show here tonight. But Connor is an Irish male given name from the compound Irish word Conchabar. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not, though. Uh, meaning lover of wolves or master of hounds, and sometimes taken to meet hunter. So that's kind of cool. Connor Bedard's name, Connor McDavid's name derives from hunter or the irish origin of the word hunter so uh pretty cool if you'd like to join us and ask just about anything 312-981-7200 hawks fall to the edmonton oilers four to one we got some more sound from luke richardson but we got to get to another break 720 wgn that's tonight's save of the game sponsored by comed financial assistance programs our own john weideman on the call tonight he and troy murray up at rogers place in edmonton as Peter Mrazek was able to stop 25 shots by the Edmonton Oilers. Unfortunately, not the kind of performance that he had the last two games at home. However, didn't get entirely a ton of help. And again, some friendly fire in that second period that Nikita Zaitsev unfortunately redirected past his own goaltender. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show after the Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 to up in Canada. Luke Richardson chatted with the media and had some things to say about Lucas Reichel. I know that's kind of the main cause of concern for the Hawks offense right now. So uh, let's hear what the head coach had to say. You know, I thought we did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, if... Uh you, you take out the the goal that went off Zaitsev's stick, and then their power play goal. You know, I thought we were right in that game, and we had some chances too. We didn't capitalize on a three on one and uh, backdoor play in the power play, and uh, you know, any any more luck bounces. I thought those guys did a heck of a job there, and we lost Ruse for a while uh, getting his hand checked out from a shot, but uh, he came back and uh, played the rest of the game too. So that uh, that was a good sign that uh, you know, what I mean, he just uh, knew this is an opportunity. He made the most of it. Reichel seemed like the, one of those first period goals kind of made it misplay defensively, and he only ended up getting ten minutes of ice time. How would you assess this? Yeah, that's a, that's about right. I think you know he's got to have more fight in him. Uh, you know, I think we saw that one of the one of the first games back after uh, sitting out, and uh, he he knew that and said all the right things. And and I think he's just uh, down on himself. You know, I mean, uh, it's pretty hard for a coach to give a player confidence. You know, I mean, all we can do is just try and show them some pointers of some good uh, plays and a, a few plays like that line rush in the first goal. Uh, just making sure we sort that out a little better and uh, we don't give an outnumbered situation, uh, which led to a break and a goal. So, um, you know, we show, we show them those clips to help uh, correct those and improve them, and uh, then they have to take it on the ice. You know, the coaches can't do that for them. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's, uh, he's a young player and there's going to be ups and downs, and uh, we're going to stick with him and try and help him through it. The one that went in off the side step, is there any fault on him there? Did he do anything no, wrong? No, because he knows that like, the, the, we talk about their seams and there is a guy behind him. And he just, uh, you know, unfortunately the puck, uh, you know, stayed in and, and 
you know, Drysaddle's a great player, and, and he gets some of those bounces sometimes. And he knows the he zips that hard too. Like he, he doesn't float the saucer over there. Otherwise, that's just knocked down. Uh, he zings it. And if Zaitsev doesn't get a stick on it, maybe it's a backdoor chance. So, unfortunately, he had to put a stick there, and it went in. Uh, you know, it surprised Peter and got in there. There was no chance for Peter there. Dickinson wearing the A. Um, was that a decision by the team, or how did that come about? No, I think uh, he he's shown that uh, he deserves it. The way he's played and his leadership and talking on the bench, uh, the timeouts, and uh, you know playing the right way for us. He starts every game the right way for us in that line, and uh, he deserves that uh, leadership. Um, you know, chance to be a part of the leadership with an A in his jersey, even though he's uh, still a part of our leadership group within the team. I think he uh, he deserves that. He's worked for it. So it'll be a permanent thing moving forward. Or? Um, you know, I think right now with uh, you know uh, with Seth coming back, well then Seth will probably be wearing that. But uh, he's definitely in the in in the mix the way he's playing for when if someone's out, then uh, he's our kind of go-to guy to to wear that. Now. With Vlasica, he got about 25 minutes and kind of handled that number one role that, that Seth typically does. How do you feel like he handled that? Uh, good. You know what I mean? I think uh, he's probably going to want to you know, work on, on the power play a little bit. We haven't had a chance to work on it since he's had to go in there, And uh, but he, he's great. He he still broke up plays and played a physical game uh, right to the end uh, of the third period. So, um, you know, we can't do that every night to uh, one guy, but uh, tonight was a night that you had to. Uh, it was a special circumstance with two special players, especially on that team, and, uh, you know, I thought he did a great job tonight. And, you know, he told Kevin one time uh, at the end of the second period on the penalty kill, Kevin asked him if he was okay, and he, he was honest. He said no. Like Some players just will just go back out there, but then you're you're putting your team in detriment so he's smart enough to know when to say he's had, he needs a rest and even know when he plays that much a lot there from luke i uh, just kind of want to go down a few of the bullet points uh, pretty much being clear with what he expects from lucas reichel quote got to have more fight in him and quote hard for a coach to give him confidence he's right after the healthy scratch there was definitely more fight in his game than there was tonight and Luke was even very vocal that after that game, there were circumstances in that game where he was thinking about moving him up to the top line, but he didn't want to mess up the rest of the offense. So it's not a lack of, I don't want to use the word effort, but no, let's go with the term execution that Troy and, and Luke have been using a lot this year. Lucas Reichel's a hardworking guy, and he—he, he, and I've said this a lot. He—he he worked so hard during the offseason to get ready to play center for the Blackhawks, and knowing that he was going to jump into this NHL role on a consistent basis, and he worked on a lot of things, and he looked great at during training camp and at the scrimmages, and for whatever reason, it's just not translating here at the NHL level during the regular season. And I, again, I. I personally think that he can and should be a huge part for this Blackhawks offense moving forward but it's it's just not there right now and it's I can tell that it's it's frustrating to a lot of fans it's got to be frustrating to Lucas Reichel and again I, I think the offense might look a lot different if he's able to kind of pull his end of the rope as well I uh, like to hear him backing up his defenseman now we're talking about Luke Richardson uh, Nikita Zaitsev really saying it's just not his fault just kind of a rough circumstance. He's in the right spot trying to break up the pass, but it just takes a bad ricochet and goes past Pina Razik. And uh, echoing the sentiments that Jason Dickinson has earned leadership 
nods, uh, leadership accolades this year. So great to see him wearing the A in tonight's game. Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 tonight up in Canada. We got one more break when we come back. We'll take a look around the league. A lot of hockey going on tonight with our out-of-towns coming up next. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. One cleanly by Tavares. Back to the point. It comes to Riley. He walks the line. Middle of the ice. Got the shot away and scores! Morgan Riley let the shot go from the point. Mitch Marner may have redirected it in front, but the Maple Leafs have the power play goal and a two-goal lead once again. Joe Bowen of Sportsnet 590, the fan. The Toronto Maple Leafs take down the New York Rangers tonight. 7-3, the final for Madison Square Garden. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews each with two goals in that game. For Marner, his 10th and 11th. For Matthews, his 20th and 21st. I'm Joe Brand. We're wrapping up the Blackhawks postgame show here on 720 WGN. After a 4-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers, the Hawks now fall to 9-18-1 on the year. Edmonton gets above 500 for the first time this season at 13-12-1. We're going around the out-of-towns. A lot of hockey tonight, and a lot of them already over. Let's go to Ottawa next. Here's D'Angelo back at the point. Whips it across ice and now gets it back in the middle of the ice. Stutter steps, drops it off. There's a shot. Scores! Aho with a snapper, and the Canes take a quick lead. Dean Brown of TSN 12,000, 1200, that is AM. Math is off a little bit this late at night. Uh, Sebastian Aho with a three-point night as the Carolina Hurricanes take down the Ottawa Senators 4-1. to one. For Carolina, it's their first win since December 2nd. Let's now go to Pittsburgh. Recovered by Pittsburgh. This play by Smith. Got it to Eller. Skates him below the goal line. Eller scanning, passing to Smith. Now to Latang. A black tip. Score! Power play goal. Another big goal from Jeff Carter. Wanted to flex it. And the Penguins have a 3 2 lead. It's Carter's second of the night. And that was one of two power play goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. That's pretty important because they were on an 0 for 37 skid on the power play. They pick up two PPGs, they pick up two goals from Jeff Carter, and a 4-2 winner over the Arizona Coyotes from the PPG Paints Arena. Let's go to St. Louis. Sends it into the middle of the ice for Andrew Kopp, then to Raymond, and he'll rip a shot that gets blocked wide of the net. Raymond looking back, door, they score, Robbie Fabry. And Krug right on him, but Fabry got a stick on the puck, he tuck it in, and the Red Wings lead 5-4, 13-22 to go in the third period. Later on, Detroit would get an empty netter, so the Red Wings pick up their first win with Patrick Kane on their roster, a 6-4 victory over the St. Louis Blues. That's our buddy Chris Kerber of 101 ESPN. Unfortunately, that loss cost Greg Berube his job. Uh, The Blues firing their head coach that won them the Stanley Cup in 2019, and they're promoting up their AHL head coach to take over. But again, that's the third head coaching firing that we've seen in the past couple of weeks in the NHL, another one being tonight's opponent for the Hawks in the Edmonton Oilers. Let's go to Nashville. Yossi cuts behind him. Forsberg with the shot and looking back. And the puck got by him. Pete Weber of 102.5 the game as Philip Forsberg picks up his 15th goal of the season, but also a historic goal 
in the Nashville Predators franchise as that was the franchise record-setting overtime goal for Forsberg and a 3-2 overtime winner against the Philadelphia Flyers. Our next game is actually going to be our next game preview. The Blackhawks will take on the Seattle Kraken, and our next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. He's got Bill Borgen through center, up over the blue line. Yamamoto walks in, scores! Stop! Yammer time! 16-54 to play in the second. Kyler Yamamoto has given the Kraken a one nothing lead. You always entertaining Everett Fitzhugh of KJR Seattle Sports Radio. 4 nothing shutout win for the Kraken over the Florida Panthers. Big win for Seattle. They end an eight-game losing skit against that. Again, that's the Blackhawks' next opponent. They'll be in Seattle on Thursday to take on the Kraken and wrap up their road trip. Blackhawks hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we had here at the WGN Radio Studios, our production crew, Jack Heinrich. That's it. And our engineer was the tireless Krista Flores. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call from Rogers Place out in Edmonton. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Again, the final score, 4-1. to The Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers. James Sears has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Again, the Blackhawks' next game, Thursday night in Seattle. Another 9 o'clock puck drop, 8.30 FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show right here on 720 WGN. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll talk to you in a couple of nights.